<laughs> I wanted one thing I wanted to say about the script. Can we put in like a thank you to us in the script somewhere? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that yeah. We can be I think we could find a place. Oh, for wait, that. that's on there. Okay, never mind. No, we're good. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, that's probably the thing we'll skip. Yeah. Oh, <sighs> we're just running short for time. Okay. Yeah. Understood. Understood. Well, we'll thank you. <laughs> yeah, actually, can can I edit this? I want to put in my thank you. In yeah, I don't know. Can he edit it? Because if we thank give Hunter that permission, not. I feel like things are going to go. Oh, no, I could edit it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is like the vagrant oh, being in Google Docs right now. Yeah. <laughs> things are just blowing. Like Let's fighting. play around in Google Docs. <laughs> Make it big. Are you guys in the middle of prepping your second episode, right, of the Vagabond? Uh, yeah, we talked a bit about it today. Yeah. We'll record on Saturday. I uh, saw your Errata channel popped up in Discord, too. Pre-Errata is what you guys do, right? Pre-Errata, pre -errata, yeah. Which doesn't make any sense as a word, but... Uh, <laughs> but it's so smart because you're going to get the feedback anyway, yeah, so might as well right. like cross that bridge early, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. that's literally why we started doing it was because we got tired. I mean, we still get yelled at, but we got tired of being yelled at so so consistently that it's like, all right, if we're going to forget some obvious glaring thing, let's make sure we see it on the front end, and then we won't forget the obvious glaring stuff at the yeah. very least. Yeah. I will say, like, I think the errata part is why early on I was like, oh, I'm definitely going to keep listening to these guys because they're willing to admit what they're wrong and then talk about it for a half hour. Yeah. Right. That I really appreciate. <laughs> Like, because this is a game where we're going to be like all these things that we talk about are potentially wrong, and there's people who are much yeah. more informed than us or play a hell of a lot more right. than any of us, right? Well, yeah. it's hilarious that you say that because we, yes, we do that, and then I still get comments of people acting like we don't listen to anyone else, <laughs> and it's like, man, most of our show is written by other people at this point. <laughs> I also just feel like uh, we could. There are like two ways we could have gone with it. We could have like really learned everything real good so that we don't make mistakes, or we could just leave mistakes in there and then have that be just more content. content. So a lot of times <laughs> if we will finish an episode and we'll be like, was there any mistakes in there? No, there weren't. So we'll just kind of add some mistakes in, <laughs> pepper them in <laughs> and now we get more content out of that. So it's actually a business thing. That's post errata, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Post errata. <laughs> Well, there won't be much errata in this episode because this is an episode of opinions. Yay. Those can be errata, actually, Jake. I don't know if you know. That's Fair actually warning. some of the worst feedback you'll get. Are... That's true. I'm sure we're going to hear a lot of things about why our opinions are wrong. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's kind of people's favorite thing to disagree with. Is... Yeah. It's one thing when they're like, factually, you're absolutely wrong. It's another thing when they're like, your hopes and dreams and belief. Uh, sorry, you're wrong, too. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow even wronger. Yeah. <laughs> I hope what happens is since since you guys are having us on the show that a bunch of our listeners come over and listen to the show. Obviously, that's the idea of having a guest, right? But I hope that you get a lot more negative feedback than you normally would. Like, you're yeah. like, whoa, oh, my God. All of a sudden, everyone's being, like, real pedantic really about this one episode <laughs> with these SCPT guys. <laughs> Honestly, the root people are so nice. That's like true, yeah. we, they, <laughs> there's like one thing that people were like, "You guys really forgot to mention a card, and you yeah. really should have mentioned it." But they're <laughs> so nice to us. It's true. But they yeah, sent that... it in a card, like a "I'm sorry" card. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm really sorry to be saying this, but. <laughs> Well, for those of you that are joining us mid-conversation because I've edited it that way, uh, we are joined by Matt Whoa. Martins and Hunter oh. Donaldson from Space Cats Peace Turtles. And I'm so excited to have you both on. Thank yeah. you for being here. Thanks for having on. us. This is I, I'm excited for this because it's it's 
I think this now colloquially has to be, you know how there's shark week? This is vagabond week. <laughs> yeah. And, and the vagabond is our shark because we're doing a vagabond episode too. And it seemed just perfect for there just to be this like barrage of root content. That's all about everyone's least favorite thing to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> and how everybody regards him like sharks as a monster. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Sharks are monsters. They're not even animals. That's where we stand <laughs> on this show. Not yeah, even animals. He's pretty insistent that a shark is mythical. Yeah. yeah. He monsters. So. It's okay. Whatever happens to them, it's okay. That's our environmental position. All right? Let's get in trouble. So both of our podcasts have already done an episode on The Vagabond. You guys did one uh, in September of last year, and then we just did one last week. But we decided to uh, combine our five brains to talk about uh, another part of The Vagabond, which is the meta. Because one thing, Mm. and I should kind of like put my stake in the ground here is because I think I'm the least experienced of all of us is that like I didn't know how much the vagabond was hated until I started this podcast yeah. <laughs> and then listen to your episode as well and like I heard you guys leading with that it's like you're not gonna have a great time yeah so, <laughs> I want to talk about that today and find out why people have that hate and if it's justified and how that all works yeah it is justified. Let's just <laughs> let's start with that. Right. It's definitely justified. It's for sure yeah, justified. I think everybody can pretty much remember a game of Root that they played where the yeah. Vagabond won and there was just nothing you could do. Yeah, nothing that anyone could do to prevent yeah. it. Yeah, and you see it coming so far ahead. It'll be like two turns. It'll be like, wow, so that on the next turn, So we're just turn, trapped they here while they do points. that to yeah. us. Okay, cool. That was, oh, that was so fun. Wow. Yeah. And that just, that's a lot of heat. That's the type of win that just generates heat. It's like more, it's worse than even the games where it looks like that's what's going to happen. And then somebody else, it's like, it's not like anybody's like, oh, sometimes what happens is the Eerie sneaks the win instead. You're not going to generate heat off that win. That's not how that works. Right. But yeah. Yeah. Much like, um, much like a shark, the Vagabond swims (laughs) in water that is full of salt. Yeah. Um, And I I would say, uh, much I long for uh, the, the now defunct channel of the Woodland Warriors Discord that was literally only dedicated mm-hmm. to people complaining about the Vagabond. That that was a true, uh, that was the best form of reality we That's ever therapy had. That's therapy right there. That's yeah. therapeutic. Oh, yeah. it's good to have a room full of just complaints so they can get it out there, right? Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. Isolate it. You guys, I hate to tell you, that's what we're doing right now. Yeah. We are that channel. You're right. We're bringing it back, baby. I'll just title this a bunch of whining is yeah. the title. <laughs> so I think we all know the answer to, like, why now, because we've already solved that. So, like, mm-hmm. we all agree that this is justified, it sounds like. I mean, you guys even made a root PSA about hitting the vagabond. Uh, right? I, I want to clarify us guys did not make it. <laughs> One person made it, not me. The other person that's on the show, whoever that yeah, is. Yeah, that video, if you haven't seen it, I guess go check it out. I don't know. You probably shouldn't, but uh, I just had to do it by myself. But yeah, I, I, that video is a joke, but also, is it? Hmm. That's what hmm. I was wondering. I was watching it today and I went, like, you were like, you have to hit them every turn. And I was yeah. just wondering, Matt, if you truly believe that. If that, if is that your Twitch stance? Chat during any tournament game where the vagabond is in it, if yeah. Twitch chat is to be believed, yes, that is the yeah. requirement. And <laughs> honestly, in our tournament, the only time we had like a de- like a vagabond going, the only time we saw vagabond lose 
was when they were hit every single turn. Right. And in our finals, ORJ Bill had like the most boring, useless game of Vagabond I've ever seen to no fault of their own. They were just banned from playing the game they, they earned <laughs> because <laughs> everyone else did the thing that they're supposed to do and yeah. slapped them across the face over it's and weird. over and It's weird. It's like when, you, when they don't hit the Vagabond enough, I'm sitting over here complaining about, well, they should hit this Vagabond. And when they hit the Vagabond just right, like just Baby Bear's bowl of porridge hit it, then I'm kind of like, this is really boring for them, I guess. It's kind of a boring game for them, huh? Yeah, Twitch chat in particular is a horde of bloodthirsty barbarians oh, when it comes yeah. to what you should do. Right. They're yeah. desperate for it. Well, because they want to um, play. We... That's all it is. It's just a bunch yeah. of people that wish they were playing right now, sure. but they can't oh. for X reason. Be well, because they're at work. Literally everyone on Twitch <laughs> is at, at work right now. I do think that that may be the thing I find the most disturbing part about the Vagabond is that like when you play against them correctly, that means that one of your friends doesn't get to play. Like their yeah. turns get right. skipped in order for them to it's, heal. It's a hilarious shift because when you start, root you got oh three friends when none of us have ever played root and we're gonna open up the box this is gonna be a magical experience and one person's like i'm the, i'm the one who's not especially confident with board games i want to play the thing where i have less to focus on i want to play the vagabond it's one character right and you get one game and you're like that was cool you got to experience that and then like six games in it's like i don't i don't want it anymore i hate <laughs> this and it's not fun because everyone has decided i don't get to play the game anymore and it's it's like the meanest thing that can happen to the nicest person that sat down to play the game <laughs> that's true my yeah. friend steven uh was actually a great vagabond though because he just really liked doing quests that's all he wanted to, he just thematically <laughs> Honestly, really that's liked what you quests. need I, I i think the vagabond is designed for the player who genuinely isn't there to win and is there to just play that just i just want to play the game and it's yeah. like the vagabond is good enough where if you do all of the like less good options you're still in the running so it still felt like you like played a good game of root and everyone else isn't mad at you the whole time and i just feel like the vagabond is designed to be played in optimally <laughs> yeah yeah it's like all these people making podcasts about board games and stuff playing the game all serious <laughs> They're like ruining the game. You're just, yeah. it's just supposed to. It's just a for funsies game. You just do it with your friends and family. You know, yeah. that's this all is such a do. great point. This is kind of like an anti-meta almost. Yeah. Um, I, I remember I played a game in the winter tournament uh, where I was the tinker on the lake map, and turn one I crafted a tea and a hammer. Oh my no. god. And I like basically never left the forest for the rest of that game. Yeah, like right. everyone just like went out of their way. They like no, wrecked their own game to come in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's, there's something I think to this conversation of like if you play optimally, you will get hurt. Yeah. yeah. So maybe like try and throw people off the scent a little bit as the right. vagabond. Right. Yeah, Root Ru can be a game that's so deceiving. Uh, in it in its whole thing because what you don't realize is if a beaver gets a hammer and a tea the game is over right <laughs> you would think well, it's a big army right next to your sensitive stuff it's uh -oh. not it's a beaver with a couple items <laughs> and thematically though the game has now fallen apart completely right because what has happened is that a, a cute little beaver is like i have one hammer now i have two hammers and some tea tea <laughs> Just hot tea, like for yeah. friends and family, <laughs> almost. Tea. Yeah, just hot, nice root tea. Uh, and then they get murked for it? That doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> that doesn't... 
that does not track. Well, you what could, makes you less sense read is a red that the rest book. of the woodland promotes them to president because of how yeah. well he made that. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it's it's clearly it's a tyrannical. So the vagabond is a fascist, is what we learned today. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, yeah, they concentrate all the power in the hands of one individual. Right. That seems yeah. like <laughs> that's yeah. Yeah, it's at least libertarian. Like yeah. that's, that's how I feel about it. I think weren't you guys talking about like the the political alignment of the vagabond or of the different... we tried we tried to talk yeah. about all of them, but honestly, definitely they're libertarian. All, they're all monsters in some way. Yeah, or like bootstrap Republican is the vagabond to me. Just like you go at your own rugged individualism, <laughs> rugged and, like, individualism. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's like the nice way of putting it. <laughs> I go on other people's shows and I get political. That's what I do. That's my whole thing. Yeah. So, like, vagabonds' issues. Like, is there one thing we can iron it out to, or is it a multitude of problems? I, like, I feel, I feel like the vagabond also has like the most things to consider, considering like all of their intricacies and yeah. rules, right? It's funny that they have so many mechanics, and there's mm-hmm. just one that rocks your socks <laughs> off, basically, and makes yeah. the others useless. Um, you guys said slip, it last week. Right? Of... Slip. That's, like, definitely the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely slip. <laughs> so good. Uh, I hadn't thought of it specifically this way, but, Kyle, you, you said it last week, which is the idea that... I mean, everybody, everybody gets points for cleaning up cardboard, and that's, like, the incentive draw for kind of everybody to... to to maintain the board state or whatever. But the idea that the vagabond like gets just like buckets of points dumped on them if they decide to go go for broke, like it the idea like you said you're setting others back and getting yourself ahead is just like too many bonuses in a single action. That that I think that sets it yeah. far apart from from everything else in terms of like why it's busted yeah. sure yeah, be fair like, matt they do have to exhaust one sword oh yeah a single <laughs> oh, a single right. item it's a cost <laughs> yeah well the other thing i would define it as is the idea too that when other people go to war they are sacrificing their warriors on the board whereas the vagabond's like oh oh no my fourth boot is damaged oh no ah, my bags <laughs> whatever oh, my will bags. i do <laughs> yeah well, and yeah, as that's you true. mentioned on your first episode about the vagabond too is like you don't roll it just happens right or i'm sorry this is regards to strike is that you yeah. don't have to roll mm-hmm. which right. is different but still i mean is it different because with strike <laughs> with the whole like uh being able to go after the cardboard even right. easier so is, is that it is it infamy is that the is that the the thing that makes it that makes him stand out i mean it's definitely not questing <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think it's just that like they have all these different ways that they can score points and one is the best and you should never do the others like i think that's weird <laughs> like th- right i mean like you not to say well, that you should never waste any energy on any of the others at all. Like they're completely useless, but one is just vastly superior to the rest. Right. You should be prioritizing it more. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like we see this so often where like in the beginning of the game, you'll see a vagabond who's like trying to play a little bit Mm -hmm. cute. (laughs) They'll like do a quest and they'll like Mm -hmm. come and aid somebody or, you know, they'll do something that's kind of unnecessary. You'll think like, Oh, like I have a little bit of an advantage now. Like the vagabond has like a slow start. But don't be fooled. It right. never matters like that. Like right. sharks have multiple rows of teeth. Like right. <laughs> a and you, and you squandered your opportunity to hit them when it would do the most damage. Right. Right. If you if you didn't if you didn't jump on it early, that's, you missed your. That's shot. another problem with it. Is it's just it's so hard to instill, especially in new players, that they need to hit the vagabond because there's this sense of when the vagabond gets to a certain point that the game is already over, even if you're still playing it. Right. Like we don't know for sure. 
and it maybe doesn't look like the Vagabond has won, but if they cross a, a certain item threshold, uh, it essentially becomes impossible. So it's very hard to explain to a new player that, oh, you need to hit this person, even though they're not really doing a whole lot at this moment. Yeah, I'd yeah. say it's a pretty important mechanic of Root in general to like start to identify what the end game looks like, right? But with the Vagabond, that's the largest variable of any faction? Is that fair mm -hmm. to say? Yeah. They kick into high gear faster than anybody else from a lower gear. Also, I think that like setting any other faction back is usually going to net you some points, right? right? If you take out, if you turmoil the birds, usually you're taking out a roost and getting some cardboard. If, you know, usually there's cardboard mm -hmm. in the way of stopping other factions. And when you do the vagabond, you're just doing it for the good of the table, yeah. which means you're doing the work for two other players, mm -hmm. yeah. right? And it doesn't, like Hunter was saying, it doesn't make sense for a new player. Like they don't understand what possible gain there could be in punching this little warrior or this this pawn on the map it just doesn't make any sense because that's a good point is it there's just no incentive there and there totally should be you should get points for damaging items or something um because then then we'd all get something out of that foot well, race of okay who wait can hit him harder and that's the game i want to live in if you were <laughs> who gets the most for hurting the vagabond <laughs> if you literally get points for hitting the vagabond though then every game is I just know. punch the vagabond and they never do seems anything really good seems like that'll make nobody ever pick the vagabond again <laughs> yeah i mean it's i feel like it's a i think it's even i mean not to get ahead of it but like there is like a, a decent fix out there i forget even what it's called but like something that would slow down their points just a little bit so as to not uh, make them explode so quickly. You mean like a yeah, one errata or one it. rule change to like change it all instead of like redesigning the whole faction yeah. kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's kind of the same idea as like changing the sympathy track for the Within Alliance to right. just make it a little bit less mm -hmm. little aggressive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's a, a rule change that targets infamy to make it similar to like how the despot scores bonus points from yeah. hitting cardboard. So this is called despot infamy. I think this is like one of the you know, top five suggestions of how to fix the Vagabond. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and basically it would change the scoring so that the Vagabond would score one additional point, one bonus point every time they uh, take out an enemy's pieces. Yeah. Um, so just no matter what, if you remove an enemy piece during a battle, one bonus point. Um, so it would make attacking warriors a bit less lucrative. It would right. make attacking cardboard the same amount of lucrative in right, most cases. What do they need to be incentivized to attack warriors anyways? The incentive is already there to get rid of warriors so that you can attack the cardboard. The cardboard right. right. Exactly. Well, and the idea, too, that you're also, I mean, as with any root fat, like you're also slowing down other players' momentum. Like it's, it's just funny that the Vagabond has these added incentives for doing what everybody else is encouraged to do in like small order in light loads or whatever but it's like vagabond is like or i could just throw out four swords and just like carve up everything in my path and and never be stopped <laughs> yeah it, it, there's several examples in the game i think of like we don't want the vagabond to feel like left behind so they like change <laughs> the rules so the vagabond can be included but it's like yeah. maybe there could be a couple aspects of the game that the vagabond just isn't included yeah. in Right. Like, for example, like right, coalitions is the way the vagabond can participate in dominance. <laughs> but the Woodland Alliance can't do dominance. I mean, they yeah. could, but they're never going they to. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes something should just get left out. Is this is this whole episode just like? Are we just going to send this to leader and just be like, here's a week? <laughs> is this like our Martin Luther ninety five thesis or whatever it's called? <laughs> like we just like hey. 
change yeah. it. We're gonna take a right? cassette tape and we're gonna go and we're gonna mail it to. Minnesota. Oh my god! <laughs> Podcast on cassette. I love that idea. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna start selling cassettes. I have a better fix uh, for the vagabond than despot infamy. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's just called. You're only allowed to play the vagrant ever. Uh, you <laughs> have more fun. More fun every single game, and people aren't. It's the 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 dynamic shift is monumental. No one worries about the vagrant, and you get to just play the game, and it's really fun. Is that the only one that people don't worry about, though, or is there? Like, I thought people don't worry about the scoundrel either. Scoundrel Ronin, I would say those Ronin. are all probably the lowest tier vagabonds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, those should just be the only vagabonds that exist. There right. we go. Throw out all this beautiful <laughs> design they've done on all these other vagabonds, and we'll just we'll just keep these three. Yeah. <laughs> For those medium weight folks in the audience, though, like what? Why is that the case? Because so, let's say Scoundrel blows up a a, a clearing, right? And yeah. Vagrant mm-hmm. makes uh, two factions fight each other, and then uh, Ronin, what's Ronin's deal? The extra it, hit. Oh right, yeah. Extra yeah. Hit. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But they have Swift to tap strike. a sword for it, right? Like, yeah. yeah, it's like not a very good. That's not good value. Cost. Well, and all three of them too have like pretty suboptimal starts yeah. wait so Maybe what we're saying one. here though is like then the only reason we should do these three is because they're the crappiest therefore they balance the i vagabond. mean yes but couldn't you argue that they're like actually balanced that like they're 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 yeah their powerful abilities are kept in check you can have a vagrant game where you get three swords really fast and and run you know go crazy like that that still has the possibility of happening just like you can have eerie games where they just like fly forward ahead of everybody but that's it's not every single time whereas every single time the tinker shows up we have to talk about the tinker right, or the harrier tinker or the yeah. harrier yeah and that's maybe the biggest consideration with like the meta is that if the vagabond is in the game it's fundamentally a different kind of game yeah than right. other root matchups yeah like if the vagabond is in play all of a sudden everyone has homework yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, that's so true. Yeah, every turn, one of your actions needs to be that other thing that isn't for yourself. You don't get to. Mm-hmm. This is all. We're now socialism, the board game. Everybody's got to chip in. <laughs> <laughs> if this is a race to thirty points, it's like the vagabond is just fifteen pound weights on everyone's yes, ankles. <laughs> exactly. Right. I like that better. Than well, the and I mean, you look at the tournament uh, hours and maybe the winter. I don't remember all the numbers, but like. In our tournament, Tinker and Harrier was chosen every single time. No other Vagabond was ever chosen, and I don't and, and I don't know of very many games where somebody has chosen anything other than those two. Those well, are yeah, the why would obvious you? choices. Right. If you're playing for keeps, why would you do anything different? Right. I'll have a sly adventurer now and then. Yeah, right. I right. will say, I, in the test tournament, I played Ranger specifically to avoid to get, the heat. Right. Yeah. Right? And then you like, still got it, didn't you? You still, like, yeah, there was still yeah. a little oh, bit. Oh, I got it. Yeah. yeah. Kyle was in that one. Yeah. Yeah, I tricked you into uh, getting ambushed that one time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's actually another thing I wanted to bring up is, is Sam's point about, like, taking something less to avoid that heat. And really, it goes hand in hand with what you guys have been talking about, about, like, picking these less, these lesser mm-hmm. three characters to hopefully, like, change the conversation around you. That seems like yeah. a viable strategy, a meta strategy, right? Which is just like, right. oh, I'm weaker, therefore don't worry about me. Let's talk about the birds, right? Well, I'm yeah. just here to complete a few quests. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, and the reality is, at least for me, if I if I, I've been playing some Vagabond recently, just to like prep for our episode, and 
there is a little bit of value in taking one of these where especially the vagabonds with bad starting items the, the vagabonds that are bad only because their ability isn't that useful it's harder to do this stuff with but if you have a bad start you get to lean into that the whole time and kind of say like listen i, I literally have nothing here I've, I've, if until i find a hammer i can't improve my situation at all if none of you craft anything like i, I had a game today as vagrant where they kept me in check because they managed to burn all the swords. No one ever crafted a sword, and they got it into the discard. And then before uh, I could, like, things got reshuffled. It just was, like, crazy. I never got to touch a single sword, even though I sat on two hammers for a large portion of the game. But without a second sword, I don't get to go clean sweep. Like, I don't get to do right. anything. And it was a more interesting way to deal with the Vagabond than just, oh, let's go punch it. Nobody ever hit me once in that game. Mm. Um but they did the damage they needed to because yeah. I had a bad start and we got to have a completely different kind of game where the vagabond question never had to be answered. But Matthew, but Matthew, yes. wouldn't yes, let's say if this had been a tournament game, uh -huh. shouldn't you have then just picked the tinker? Like if this is how yeah. it turned out for you, for sure. like that's, I, that's think, I think the problem. I think, I think the best, I think the biggest brain meta play is to go arbiter. Uh, yeah, I think Arbiter should be the new tournament meta because you have two swords to start with. So punching you, kind of a not great investment. Sure, and you're still gonna rock everybody's socks off. Yeah, that's like a, that's a happy a really medium. Good kind of like call to in in order to respond to the kind of meta as it has developed. Like yeah. as the word has gotten out that the vagabond is a little bit on the broken side, especially when it has a great ability like Harrier or Tinker. Yeah, I think players are pretty incentivized to just shut it down as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, but starting with two swords, like, good God, it, it makes attacking the Vagabond just a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, especially early. I mean, that's when that's when you want to do the most damage, but now it's like, I have to send, like, three or four warriors yeah. to be able to... God forbid the Arbiter gets an ambush, and then we're just doomed, and, and it's, it's over. And it's when it's early, it's when you have the least amount of your stuff, right, and exactly. you have your that's, whole yeah, engine to consider, too. You're right? sacrificing maybe half of your army <laughs> to go <laughs> do anything to this Vagabond. A quick side note, Kyle, like, the, the word is out about the Vagabond, for sure. I was teaching uh, two friends uh from alaska this game for their very first time and i got a text before we even started saying that uh so i can't play the vagabond right i'm like why <laughs> it's like apparently they <laughs> well, win see, all the they've time they've been watching like, no. cbs <laughs> and i put my i put my root psa on cbs yeah. it's on fox it's on, it's on all CBS. the morning wow. it's all over so if anybody's watching daytime cable they've seen they've seen the People psa they know now for the production that you like... dogged on so early i can't believe you've done this distribution so widely <laughs> this is great i focus so much on the back end it's crazy <laughs> So they bought. So what did they get out of this? They got a one-minute YouTube video. Yeah, that man. They could it's get so for free, cheap. and they yep. paid for this. Yep. Yeah. And it filled up one minute of airtime. I'll just say this: my baby's going to college. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's turning up Millhouse. <laughs> so uh, Matt and Hunter also organized a Patreon tournament for Root. And as yeah. part of their format, they allowed coalitions, which I was so fascinated to hear about. And I'm eager to know how that worked out. Well, now, hold on, Jake. Every tournament has allowed coalitions. Oh, okay. But they had a very – they were trying to go against the coalition thing, so they put in that coalitions have to be consensual. How did that right. go, guys? So, yeah, the idea being that if the Vagabond wants to do that coalition with the Woodland Alliance at 11 points or whatever – uh, the Woodland Alliance has to agree to it, okay. which then means most Woodland Alliance players who are 
the ones to coalition with because, oh, they're like a turn away from their 14 point swing and actually very close to winning despite being in last place. <laughs> uh, the, the, the Woodland Alliance player can look at them and go, I do not need you. I don't need this. And we, we added to it. If you have a, co- we, so first off, the, it's this, it has to be uh, consensual, mm-hmm. which I think helps a little bit because mm-hmm. it, what was dirty in the winter tournament that you saw was like, Vagabonds would just la- leech themselves on onto, to, yep, sure. yeah, somebody else's yeah. win that literally they they would do nothing to, to help with. But on top of that, the players that had a coalition victory weren't passed through to the next round. They would have to go play a 1v1 off, and then only one of them would get to go on to the next round. So it's like, are you really going to let someone stick to your win when you may not end up winning anyways? Mm-hmm. And so right. we only saw one coalition. Uh, it was still annoying <laughs> to have to do it, but it was yeah, fun. We but... got a really cool 1v1 game out of it that I'm glad uh, Marauders will be updating the 1v1 rules, but it was a fun it was a fun little thing to have kind of in the mix. But it, it does make the whole conceit of the tournament sure. sort of upend well, itself. Well, that's and... the thing, though. Like, I feel like you guys thematically hit the nail on the head of what it should be because the coalition shouldn't really be allowed to happen. Really, there only should be one ruler of the, the woodland, right? So they right. should have mm-hmm. to fight it out at the end. And I think you yeah. guys – provided that by making a separate table that only one of them still gets to advance from right yeah yeah um so that all being said i wouldn't do it again <laughs> next tournament we'll just ban it <laughs> i don't i don't need the coalition man the vagabond doesn't need the help it, it really I think, doesn't need i think it, right? these first handful of tournaments we've all been so trapped we don't we don't know what is acceptable mm-hmm. to touch on um, you know you want to have a game that like Anybody could come play it, and they 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 play root with only their three friends, and they've never experienced the broader community. But then they find out about about this tournament. You want them to come in and play with all the rules that they know. Mm-hmm. So it feels really like dumb to like completely modify things, mm-hmm. but you get to a point where it's like you have to yeah. make some concessions. Yeah. yeah, I think coalitions are. I my stance from the very beginning has been like <laughs> just ban them in tournaments. Yeah, like, right, <laughs> and then I'm I'm there ruins now. Everything. Yeah, after after seeing it and and just all the dumb ways it can play out, I'm I'm 100 there. I'll never. I think the best point again. is that like the vagabond doesn't really need an additional way to like move right. on to the next round. Another victory right. condition. Right. Yeah. It like, beca- well, and it, and it becomes bad TV, right? Like it, right. in reality, at least for us, that's the most not all tur- part. You know, there's yeah. the some tournaments are are just community driven tournaments or whatever. But for us, there is always yeah, a focus of like we want these to be streamed. <laughs> we want entertainment value to be gained out of these. And no joke. Every time there's just a vagabond in the game, and then the vagabond wins, there are that many less <laughs> thumbs ups and likes, and there's that. It's like it's not enjoyable. <laughs> oh, really? Wait, it's... hold on a second. So really, he's not only like he's hated, he but also ratings. like hated. Like he's... people are like, yeah, Ugh. and nobody likes watching it. Everyone's <laughs> they've seen based. their friend do Is it. Is that based on science, Matt? Is that do you do you actually sure. feel like that's true? <laughs> we can post these analytics in the show. Here's notes. what I know. Here's what I know. <laughs> I have never seen Twitch chat explode more. Than Lily G's lizard win, yeah. in the semifinals, right? And right. those moments, so much better than any vagabond win ever. All of them combined, I don't care. <laughs> right. So it's it is significantly. It's hard to root, hard to root for yeah. the vagabond because you know they're the the overdog. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Nice. Overdog. laughs> oh, also one thing I wanted to clarify with the uh, the coalition rules: the part that we didn't broadcast was that at the oh, beginning yeah. of every game before <laughs> yes. we started streaming, I would tell the players. That, that what we were saying publicly was coalitions were allowed, but that we really didn't want them to do them at all, and that we would we would be mad at them a little bit if they did do it. And well, we, still, we, a group we, we said to for do it. sure we as commentators 
will not we will make fun of you and yeah, we will make you <laughs> and hurt your honor and don't don't think twitch chat won't either you will yeah. be reviled you become a heel if you do this yeah if you go for the coalition like, you are against you. everything so you it's two like, are so precious about like holding the rules of root and making sure this tournament is formalized <laughs> and we have clear expectations and then you tell people we're going to be mad at them if you follow yeah. <laughs> That's your like threat. It's the not scenes, like a you know, point it's like, reference. It's just like, we're going to be a little pissy if you do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is just some meta, like, discouragement. That's so funny. Yeah. 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 Well, we're just not above it. That's the thing. I'm not above it. Oh. We're just not mature enough yet. Yeah, no, no way. That's not what I want my life to be. You so, know? so, because we're still going to do tournaments with the Vagabond, though, is... Uh, has he been solved in some way? Like now that there's enough of a meta well, around the hate, like I, I mean, I haven't played it yet, but advanced setup will be the way mm -hmm, forward. Mm -hmm. uh, it will be tournament play will be advanced setup, which is coming with Marauders expansion. And everything I understand is now advanced setup means Vagabond like kind of rolls the dice on what Vagabonds they're even given access to. So like, yeah, occasionally you get a tinker game in there and that's fine. Like it's okay for the OP thing to make it into the game every once in a while. Yeah. Our, our, we're doing, I won't get into the weeds in it, but we have a TI draft that is specifically designed so that every once in a while something broken can get through. Cause that, that occasionally makes again for good TV, but it's seeing it every single time that's boring. So I think advanced setup literally solves all the problems. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, because you're right. Like, seeing just Tinker Harrier over and over again is dreadful. Yeah. Uh, but having it, like, pop up in a draft and... Right. I mean, I feel like that just gives you some interesting options to play with at the right. table as well. Because if I burn sees you pull the tinker in the draft and then go with something else. Like maybe you'll buy yourself a couple of turns to like right. get your engine going. Like who knows? Yeah, I right. feel like the meta gets richer when more options are involved. All right. So you see the draft, you have a choice between tinker and harrier. You have to win this game of root or you die. Who are you guys choosing? And harrier. The, and the meta knows like the, the table already <laughs> hates you. <right>? Yeah. <laughs> they already made fun of you for picking the back. <laughs> Hunter goes Harrier. I'm Matt. going Harrier. Harrier. Harrier? <laughs> Harrier for sure. Sorry, I'm from Arkansas. Well, I really love the Tinker, but I think you do have to do Harrier because the Tinker can truly get stomped on early enough, and the Harrier can't, can't even fully get stomped on, whereas the Tinker, it's like you can – sometimes you just don't get to do the the day labor or whatever it's called right, um, right. often enough. Yeah, that's what it's called. Sam, what Kyle, you your Kyle? answers? Yeah. The early game is very hard for the Tinker when you have experienced players. So yeah. I think Harrier is slightly more likely to make it to an end game where they're competitive. So I mm -hmm. think I'm going to go Harrier. Now, like, in a this, must -win everything situation. changes if we're on base deck. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay, yeah. Base definitely. deck, Tinker, let's go. <laughs> who, who plays base deck ever like, I know, under exactly. any circumstance? Right. Well, if you, if you get into your tournament game with Billy... Uh, right. <laughs> who is a troll of a player who only exists to upend everyone else's games. And I'm calling him out because I know I on I'll another show, to. on a different yeah. show. He might not even hear this. Well, hopefully yeah. he will. It will hear get, this. His name will be bleeped. I will yeah. say Billy, <laughs> Billy played the Harrier against me in a tournament. So yeah. I know that very well. All right. Yep. Yeah. He don't care. You don't care. <laughs> well, I just feel like the Harrier has the most guaranteed yeah efficiency yeah in terms of its special ability like you're spending that torch every turn yeah mm -hmm. and just like 
your, your movement is unlimited, so right. it, you're just going to have the best game possible. Well, right. and, after and it a makes it point. in the late game, it makes it on top of everything else also unpredictable. Whereas other other vagabonds, you can at least be like, well, they're only getting like two spaces away, or whatever. like we can wall them off, and like they're right. they're hostile right now, so our warriors are in positions that matter. But but Harrier, it's like uh, there's literally no recourse. There's nothing that we get to do against them except for just wait and see what gets hit. It's yeah. so true. In a, in a tournament setting, it makes it impossible to calculate. Yeah, and right. it makes me as a player, if I'm playing against the Harrier, I have to play extra kind of conservative. Mm-hmm. Like I have to like triple defend all my right like buildings, and, and everyone has to do that. Like because the only way to stop the Harrier late game is to give them no we targets. have to make sure that every <laughs> single clearing is defended in yeah. every way that is possible, and we have to rig the dice. That's what <laughs> you have the, to do exactly. Yeah, and you know. Just go to their house and right, try right. And distract disconnect them. their internet. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> no, but for real, and and also like reaching out to punch the Harrier just means that you're leaving something undefended. Right. It's just like it's a no wins type of situation, especially right. later in the game. So I I find that the Harrier is a bigger threat, unless you're playing base deck. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 So. Yeah, Harrier needs to be thrown out. I think we just decided it right here. Leader games. You heard. Wow. We're, we're throwing yeah, why do they get a coin? Why do they start with a coin? That makes no sense to me. <laughs> Cole, why do they get a coin, okay? Cole. <laughs> get over here. <laughs> I love that after after what, the winter tournament or something, there was a whole kerfuffle about the triple coalition and yeah. how nasty that was. And even even Patrick was like, Oh, oh, this this is questionable now. And Patrick went to Cole and Cole was like, I don't care. <laughs> Let them suffer. <laughs> If their game state allows it, then yeah. they deserve it. <laughs> they deserve what they wrong. I don't know, Cole, but like I feel like there is an element in the game design of Ruth that's just like, this is the way the forest works, and you have <laughs> yeah. to deal with it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Sam, who would you pick? I would go Tinker. Yeah. Nice. I would, yeah, just to be different. But no, I, I think that like... <laughs> If you can craft your own items as the Vagabond, like, you're getting points yeah. for them, and then that's also health, and that's also actions, and it, it, that's just uh, so good. If Yeah, as long yeah, as we, you can survive that early game. Right. right. We didn't talk enough about how hard it is to stop a Tinker that does get going, whereas, like, Harrier, you can still punch a lot, but it's like, Tinker can either get literally any item that they need at any moment. Mm-hmm. Like, h- how hard is it to deny items even becoming available? It's like, right. okay, so we got to get the Anvil into the Eerie's decree and never let the Eerie turmoil. Right. Okay, cool. <laughs> step number one, so easy. Let's just do that real quick. And then step two, Dutchie and Lizards have to just never, ever let those cards leave their hands and reveal them every turn and never let it leave. <laughs> Great. Super, super easy stuff. And yeah. playing against the Tinker, there is a certain, there's a certain something that's in the air, which is like, don't let important things hit the discard pile. Right. Yeah. If you do, you are betraying the table. Yeah. And so I actually think it's it's kind of a hilarious move for the Eerie to put really important items into their yeah. decree mm-hmm. just as a way to like try and bribe the other Delay players to like prevent their turmoil. Yeah. <laughs> like they can leave that roost undefended all they want because they know that <laughs> yeah. if somebody takes out their recruit, like Well and then even even when the Tinker doesn't need to craft anything, it's like, cool, then I'll just repair everything that was damaged in between the sure. turn in between my turns and you all won't hate- hit me. Guess what? It doesn't matter. I'm basically the same thing as uh the Ranger. I can right. just do I just can do the Ranger's ability basically whenever I want. 
you ever play that game where the tink it's the fir tinker's first turn and then they come out of the forest and they do their first ruin and they get the sword <laughs> that shouldn't be allowed right like every time that happens i'm like i don't want to play anymore yeah. can we just stop can we yeah. start over like you won Ooh, everyone clap clap for the tinker oh boy yeah, refresh refresh let's, yeah. uh, let's scramble it up again it's like yeah. it's so early we could restart you know what yeah. i mean like i have literally brought it up before it's like there's no we're not losing any game here you know <laughs> You think there's a 25% chance they just win on their first turn? I mean, yeah. that's how I feel. If, if Tinker gets sword first, it's like, well, what do yeah. we do now? Well, what like, do you do gonna... now? Like, I, I don't want to be defeatist about this, though. Like, I want to, like, know. What, so what should the table do when that happens? I right? mean, I mean, I you got to roll a d12, and if you roll a three, <laughs> yeah. then you just start the game over. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Why not? I mean, what? Because, yeah, the big opportunity uh, is to hit the, va the the Tinker before they get a sword because then you get the, the bonus one. Right. And yeah. it's easily, you don't have to commit a lot of, you know, warriors to do it. Even just like one warrior, oh, we're going to get two hits or whatever. Right. Yeah, um, it just makes stopping them painful, right? This is really the, the, yes. the way the meta shifts is not only does the Tinker only get a turn every other turn, but everyone else also actually only gets a real turn every other turn. <laughs> yeah. We're all yeah. waiting for the Tinker to go into the forest so that we can then take our turns doing our stuff. And then as soon as they come out of the forest, Let's go. Okay, let's all go hit them again, and then we'll. And it's just the whole like you literally have extended the length of the game, double like twofold because you're all on the same cycle of hit Tinker, do something normal. Tinker is in the I got hit, and then I can do something normal. I got hit, and then I do something normal. Which is interesting because you feel like this is pretty well understood amongst mm -hmm. players who've played a bunch, uh, but you you find in games that this isn't always kind of the case and i feel like that's what a lot of vagabond wins rely on is like kind of a crack in the yeah. the kind of three-player coalition that's anti-vagabond right they, they kind of really thrive when there's that little open window of somebody focusing a little too hard on their own engine right right, right. here's my question for the better players uh and and i'm talking to so for me sam and kyle so for hunter hunter no uh <laughs> No, I don't consider myself an expert, and I, and I, a thing I haven't thought enough about is, let's say we are in that Tinker Harrier scenario, and it is literally like, let's all go punch Vagabond every single turn, and it's going to work. It's going to do the, the ORJ bill in the finals thing where it's like, yes, we've completely shut down the Vagabond. We will continue to do it every turn. Who comes out ahead of that? Like, is there a faction that is reliably on the better end Ooh. of we all and, – and I'm not talking <laughs> – this is hard to say in a vacuum because it's like, well, it's whoever didn't have to hit them the most. But it's like who reliably gets to either be in that position or who reliably does doing the damage affect the least where they get to still work on their engine? I would think the birds and or the moles would be the two that factions. right. Just yeah. because they have the extra actions to do it anyway. Sometimes the birds have to, so that's right. a great... Also, the, uh, some of the bird leaders have abilities to do extra hits, which makes right. them a great candidate and makes yeah. their battling more efficient. Commander. Moles, yeah, commander. And and moles, I just feel like, yeah, if, if you build moles in a certain way where they'll have extra battles, if you have Captain and Bridget mm -hmm. and the mayor... You might have, uh, but... Really, when we talk about policing factions, the factions that can police, and then there's all the factions who are like, hey, you, you're actually not a police, and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Lizards, cats, I'm looking at you. You're not police. <laughs> Everyone else, what we're telling them is we give you permission to go hit the Vagabond because you have to go hit stuff that's not for points. Mm -hmm. So any policing, quote-unquote, faction 
is that is the person who can afford to hit the vagabond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we're deputizing everybody else, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, because the vagabond is an insurgent faction, and so the yeah. you know the factions that are counterinsurgent, I guess, would be right. the ones who are <laughs> kind of supposed to go after them. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's actually a little bit fascinating because you would think that in in certain scenarios, factions that go after the vagabond are kind of giving up their chance to harm the other mm-hmm. factions at the table but in a, in in a way the way i like to visualize it during a game is that like the vagabond is like a timer like they will just win the game yeah uh-huh. given a certain number of turns mm-hmm. and by attacking the vagabond you're just hitting that snooze button right? <laughs> and keeping yeah. the game alive you're just tapping that snooze button you know oh i like um, it yeah it hurts <laughs> to hit that snooze button though in, in yeah. every game, it's pretty much in the table's best interest to, like, keep it going yeah. so that you have the chance to develop, like, an interesting game state. So, right. like, just hit that snooze button. Go punch him. <laughs> well, and the Vagabond, when they when they do get online, the Vagabond is the best police officer, except for the fact that every time they're policing, they're also screaming ahead of everyone else. But it's like, I w- that, that's why I wish the Despot Infamy was a thing, because it's like, it would be great to be able to recruit a late-game Vagabond to go deal with the mole problem, where it's like, none of us can crack that stack of moles, except for the Vagabond. But if we let the Vagabond do it, the Vagabond's just going to win. Mm-hmm. So right. it would be great for Despot Infamy to be the answer to that, of like, listen, you have four swords, you can go do that stuff, and it won't completely upend the game state. Well, you'll still get points, so you're incentivized by the you're game. You're still going to get some it. points. Yeah. yeah, you'll still get a little bit, but it, it won't be nearly as game-breaking as what you currently have. Yeah. And for anyone who's like, oh, they're just trying to redesign the game or whatever right now, Infamy has already changed in yeah, the time that Root's times. been out. It <laughs> used right. to apply on defense. Wow. Wait, can we go into the specifics <laughs> of how it's changed? Because I actually don't know this. Yeah, so you used to get, uh, you know, a, an extra point per hostile piece removed in battle, mm-hmm. period. Now it's yeah. removed in battle on your turn. Oh, so it used man. to be when they went to punch Holy you, cow. you still got points. Yeah. <laughs> Which, come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah, scoring, scoring points on other people's turns is quite a superpower, I would yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah, was root designed by the vagabond? I was literally just about to say, like, I wish I could get in a time machine and go see what the playtest sessions were like, or yeah. like, what was the vagabond attitude of the players when they were playtesting it? Because it feels like maybe, like, at leader, they were like a little more interested in all the different things that vagabond can do, right. and less just focusing on killing stuff. Yeah, because. It's- Cole, Patrick, Joshua, and a right. literal beaver playing Rude. And, right. and they're just like, we want to make sure our beaver friend doesn't feel left out. Like, <laughs> Oh, he won again. How adorable. Uh, <laughs> he's he's clapping. Oh. My armchair theory on this is that because they made the other factors of the Vagabond so prominent on the board itself, they wanted, you know, the, the Alliance track to be a bigger part and probably quests too as we've kind of assumed by a lot of the design around it but like quests yeah. aren't big and like maybe that's what they were kind of focusing on is like he would be the adventurer going around and doing stuff but it just yeah. turned out uh-huh. he's a murderer <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. just goes around and also does a few quests he's a war criminal <laughs> yeah <around> the <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah i the alliance thing is the biggest um sad point to me because all someone has to like you don't you, you just have to remove a warrior on any on either person's turn mm-hmm. to then go hostile. Yeah. And so it's like I could be I could be trying to play the friendliest game 
a vagabond in the world, and I'm going to go all alliances for everybody, and the rest of the table can be like, <laughs> nah, we're just going to make you go hostile, and there's no way back. You're you're now hostile forever. And to that, so so then you there's this like competing incentive of like, well, if I'm just going to go hostile anyways, I might as well invest in the power of that. If, if I have no choice in the end of how my game is going to end up, by the end of the game, I'm basically guaranteed to be hostile with at least one of the players probably two and so it just makes more strategic sense to lean into it all game and and then what players have discovered is oh when you lean into it you you wreck shop you do really right. really well well what That's matt what true. you could do is specifically make sure to never get a sword like <laughs> just don't get one don't and explore then, the ruins yeah and then what does that mean how does that play out yeah. you know don't hit me. I'm not getting a sword. I promise I'm not even going to get one. I'm not even going to touch one. Passive I've done that. Run. I've done sort of that with the adventurer before of just like, listen, I seriously, all I want to do is quest. And if I That's get it. a sword, I'll damage it and I'll never repair it. I promise you. That's this is idea. like a Nuzlocke run, right? Yeah. Like a no sword <laughs> vagabond. Yeah, I like that. There is like a theoretical approach where you can, you know, attempt to go for the allied um, yeah. victory where you're aiding cards for points. Mm-hmm. And one card for two points is probably the most efficient trade in the game. Like, yeah. you're exhausting one item for two points. Like, right. it really doesn't get more efficient than that, except yeah. for swords. Right. Right. Yeah. Swords so, like, all game long. <laughs> and the thing is, is, like, swords and infamy, they they actively hurt your opponent's chances of winning, whereas right. aiding them cards can Aids tend them. to improve. It's actually in the name. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's one of those things where, like, if you really crunch the numbers, like, swords... Yeah and battling are always going to be a little bit better. Yeah. And the thing is, is yeah. Like once, once you help your opponent with the cards enough, they're just going to battle you once and like become hostile. And right. Yeah. As soon as you get a step away from being allied, it's like, okay, well now don't, let's not get ahead of ourselves. We're not friends. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all these strategies we've talked about today, like also, they all involve talking to the table, right? And we've always mentioned that yeah. table talk's important in Root in general, but more so than the Vagabond than anybody because of this meta, right? Yeah, I think because everyone's pretty incentivized to attack the Vagabond, it's important to go into a game when you're playing the Vagabond with a little bit of humility mm-hmm. and with a little bit of that understanding of like, hey, look, I know, <laughs> I know your instinct is to punch me right now, but look, let's make a deal. This is right. this is my thing now with the vagabond is like you have to try and find the one player who you can make a deal with early in the game, right? To help them out, like actively make an enemy of somebody else in order to help them out, so that you can make it to the mid game. Because I yeah. think the the big trap with the vagabond is that you get suppressed by everyone at the table because mm-hmm. you're trying to be a little selfish. Mm-hmm. This is like the big lesson for me from. Uh, crafting a tea and a hammer on turn one into the tinker. <laughs> How dare you? It's just like if you go like maximum selfish route, like everyone at the table is incentivized to end your game. Right. Yep. And what you have to do is you have to muddy the water a little bit. Right. And one way we mentioned earlier in the in the show is like play a little bit suboptimally. Go for some of those like side quests. You know, aid people randomly. Mm-hmm. Like play a bit slowly. But the other way is to like actively form those alliances above the board with someone at the table. Find your one friend right. and help them get to the mid game so that you both have this like avenue forward. Yeah, right. pretend you're in a coalition like from the get go, basically, and just yeah. like 
listen, I'll be, I, I, I'll, my swords work for you. We're swords for hire, buddy. I'll do whatever you want as long as you don't all slap me. I think there's that side of it. And then the flip side of it is then the second, if the table is wanting to attack you, it's about making it as costly as possible. I, I'm always inclined to try to like, listen, okay, if you guys attack me, I'll go ahead and I'll just damage my sword first. And then I'll, I'll like just go, I'll go to the forest this turn or whatever. I'll, I'll make it super low investment. But I found that's actually the not the thing to do because what you want to do, if you're, if you want to keep up with the table, you want all three players to be forced into attacking you. That first person that attacks you is only going to hurt a bag and a boot, right? And so then you need, like you want everyone else to burn. If you're going to lose a turn, you need everybody else to learn, lose a turn mm. as well. And as much mm. as I wish I could table talk my way out of that cycle, yeah, that's I fair. just never find the opportunity to. I always, it always does turn into just like, bring it on, cowards! I'll take it all. <laughs> that's a great point, Matt, of like making if the table's gonna police you, make them put as many resources into policing you as possible. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I, I, this is just theory crafting at this point. I've never done this in a game, but just to kind of go off uh, what Kyle was saying, what if this is just like a move? Maybe people do this all the time. I'm and I'm acting like it's my new idea. I just made <laughs> up. Uh, but like, let's say you're in, I don't know, like cat territory you're with some cat pieces it's at the end of your turn you're looking at eerie eerie's looking at you you know you you show eerie in your hand i've got a bird card maybe this will be yours someday if you're nice to me and then you kiss the eerie player right on the <laughs> no, lips no guns are too far <laughs> no. oh, i mean I, I mean just show him the card <laughs> and if you don't kiss on my lips we'll be a little bit mad at you yeah that's true <laughs> I feel like future promises from the Vagabond are never to be Yeah, believed. I know. It yeah. just doesn't work like that. It's got to be concrete action. I want well, it that's to where be. the kiss on the lips comes in, I thought. <laughs> that's what... <laughs> that's I, concrete I, action. I do wish, yeah, the, that's the part of Root where there's like, you know, there's no there's no binding deals to borrow a TI. Right. There's no, like, it, for me to be like, listen, I'll give you, I'll give Eerie a bird card right now if you don't slap me on your turn. That's all well and good until the eerie decides they want to do it anyways, and I yeah, guess that all comes right. down to know know your meta, know your table, um, and so and I've and you know you see that I feel like Kyle, I've seen you play that like you you will play you'll play the table you'll play ball with the deals and the working you know the things that that are people are putting up, and I wouldn't <laughs> like I would I would take the card and then I'd go hit the vagabond anyways and it's like well you I got one deal off of you and that's all I right. needed to shut you down well and, Matt and is we'll disgusting and he'll do anything to win <laughs> I yeah. can't believe that all. you're telling Kyle that that's how he plays that <laughs> upsets me so much he's the that's betrayer he he's the secret betrayer but yeah. like in the moment like the like instantly like that like within mm. turns Kyle will betray I feel like I've seen Kyle in tournament I mean Here's what I'm basing. He's so good on, at it, yeah. Matt. You don't realize you've been. Yeah, betrayed. I guess so. He's, he's <laughs> like, gotten so underneath. You the pat radar. him on the back, like way to beat me. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I've watched Kyle hand the victory to somebody else because he decided to play, and he's like, "Hey, I have an ambush, and I should play it." Oh yeah, yeah no, that cost was you sweet. the win. Yeah. So I, I mean, that's that's a that's <laughs> that a big, is true. That's a big that thank you. <laughs> I want people to work for it. Um, yeah. No, but I think. The goal as a vagabond is to try and make friends with one of the army factions, yeah. basically. And the thing is, is you have to understand that early on, the balance of power is like totally in that army faction's hands. Right. Yeah. And so, like, without with like a minimum of groveling, you have to try <laughs> and win yourself a little bit of space, kind of early in the game, because it literally is like if everyone mows the grass every single turn and just forces you into the forest, like you won't have a game. So, yeah. like, what are you left with as the Vagabond? It's like you're left with 
being a patsy. You're, yeah. you're left with being like, hey, I will clean up this sympathy for you. I will like make sure to take out this one Corvid warrior protecting what could be a bomb. Right. Yeah. <laughs> to the win the goodwill of someone at the table. <laughs> I feel like you have to be helpful. You have to yeah. uh, make yourself valuable right. to someone else at the table is like the long and short of it. Because right. otherwise, the only incentive is extend my game by attacking the vagabonds. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the, the flip side to that would be make yourself too costly to go deal with, which is the other suggestion I see. It's not something I feel like I've tried enough, and so I, I question uh, the, the full value of it. But like I, I see this suggested with things like Scoundrel and who else starts with two boots? Does the Ronin start with two boots? There's, if you get early boots or whatever, early um, boots. the thing I see people suggest <laughs> is like do your ruin stuff, but then end of every turn, move move out of the center of conflict and just go be out of the way. So if they're going to go deal with you, they have to go do it in territory they right. don't want. They move, and, and move action plus attack action. Right. That's you're two slip back to the ruins later anyways. Yeah. So who cares? And and early game, you're not always desperate like you're refreshing, you know, if, if if I'm just slipping and flipping a ruin and those are literally the only actions I need to do, I can afford a boot to go somewhere else and I'll get it refreshed next turn. Yeah, so I think that, there's you're some value. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's that's like easy. That's that's just an easy thing that everyone should do, I think. Right. Um, as the vagabond, because you always have too much movement at the beginning, anyways. As you said, right. you should know your table when you're trying to figure out like who to talk to sweetly. But like in a vacuum, are there particular factions you think would be best to latch onto as a above the ta- above the table alliance? Is otters are otters a good bet here? Because to me, if I'm just thinking in a vacuum. I would feel like otters are also trying to avoid a lot of heat. And if the two of you can align those goals, at least right now, I don't know. Maybe this will change. But, like, otters did amazingly in our tournament. And mm-hmm. and started by the end of it became a thing of, like, no, we don't get to do any. You don't, you don't punch the otters. You just starve them of yeah. resources. But then Vagabond can come in and be like, listen, I can help you get some resources if you don't, if you, if you don't send your otter ball towards me or whatever. And I, I feel like you two are just on the edge enough while also still being able to clear wood and cardboard that like your goals can often align and one of it's that's the like rising tide floats all boats like you two have the best boats in the business so why not make it a turn your game into a coin flip this is this is a really good point um one thing i want to mention is that the vagabond on their very first turn in the game can exhaust two items before the refresh and supply the otters with two otters. Oh yeah, as payments if, if their payment cost is yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate and that. And wow. basically, like as long as the payment cost is below four, like right. it, it can even be three. Like the vagabond can really give the otters a leg up in the very, very early mm. game. Never even considered this. I, I'm. <laughs> it was in a tournament, Matt. It was in I one of our tournament games. I didn't notice it. Boy, it made I'm me so mad. It made me feel sick. <laughs> it's no. It's it's a little bit of a sly kind of. I mean, you are purchasing friendship for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I, th- I think there's there's a way to kind of work that into a an, a mutually advantageous kind of deal, mm-hmm. uh, because the otters are a faction that can super slap Vagabond <laughs> early yeah. in the game and make it extremely hard. Because most of the time, the ruins lie along the river mm-hmm. on a lot of the maps. Like right. there's at least a couple clearings where they overlap. So. Um, 
in, in a game where you're the river folk and the vagabond is present, like stock a couple river folk warriors on those ruins and just make the vagabond pay you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I like also, that. when it comes time to check the vagabond, the river folk are the only faction that can actually get paid. Not yeah. in just weird game yeah, promises. Right. You people can pay you to to, to hit the vagabond. It. So yeah, I would yeah. say also the cats also are a great partner for the vagabond because they need a leg up, and you can yeah. give them those bird cards. Like they they kind of are forced to work with you, and you already have the upper hand. Plus, their whole thing is they're just going to keep making more cardboard. Right. For your eventual uh, destruction yeah. of the trail, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing is the vagabond is you want you want to enter the mid slash end game with a very balanced table, mm-hmm. like you you really really want everyone to be on kind of like a slow growth kind yeah. of trajectory when you start your murder spree, so that you have the most freedom to like get sent to the forest. Like it doesn't really even matter. Like I can quest for two points or whatever, and right. like complete my 30 point run you just you really want the table to be very balanced yeah the best thing for a vagabond is a well entangled table where there's like one clearing with like a single woodland alliance warrior and their sympathy token and two eerie like you want all three of the other factions in one clearing with lightly defended because they've all been dealing with each other like i feel like the mountain pass is the greatest thing that ever happened to the vagabond it's like hey here's an area where everyone's going to put their stuff and hurt each other so there's not going to be enough wood there to protect it and you get to just come carve all of it up towards the end of the game you're so right. I've described the mountain map as just a romp for the Vagabond. Because <laughs> you have so many places to, like, escape to early in the game to, like, hide from pressure. Right. And then later on, it's like you just slip into the middle and make everyone's life horrible. <laughs> uh, this is just, like, uh, for for uh, dummies. But I just heard recently that some of the forests don't work on the mountain map. That I didn't know that... So- I like, there's, never like- paid attention to the rule that forests have to be enclosed by paths oh. and that really ruined my day uh, i didn't know earlier. that yeah I, didn't, that's, I, didn't I learned something that. new there i mean i don't know why you would ever move to those forests that aren't enclosed by paths on the mountain map but it's just interesting yeah for me, there's, trees. There's, trees <laughs> there's trees there's trees there so it feels like you should be able to move <laughs> not a that forest, forest that's a grove <laughs> that's a grove <laughs> no groves we do forests not groves okay <laughs> On the mountain map, too, it's so weird because, like, even when the paths are covered with the initial, like, path markers, that yeah. still separates the forests Yeah, because I don't think they that, will be separated. It's weird. That doesn't work in my brain. So I, don't even, <laughs> I don't even believe that, you know? <laughs> I think it's funny that this episode, we went from, like, saying, like, oh, my God, the Vagabond, it's, they're so powerful. It's just, like, it's so hard to, like, stop them. To then, like, we went all the way around to, like, yeah. oh, how do you get out of this this, you know, difficulty of being the vagabond at the same time. So we like, without, we just went all the way through it. Um, exactly I just don't want. want it. I don't want it to be true. I don't want this this <laughs> meta to be true. I don't want an unbalanced perception of this game or, or an unbalanced yeah. truth of this game, right? Because uh, yeah. But uh, there's also the chaos that is root. And there is like, the, the table always tilts in a weird direction in this game because of, all the crazy stuff that can happen when four asymmetrical factions sit down. So like the fact that there's a consistency about this one faction is kind of like a problem I want to solve in some way. Right. I'm glad that we came all around to this too. I'm glad that we can find options both against the vagabond and for them that feel uh, doable. We don't feel trapped all the time. (laughs) Then there's like a bunch of skeptical faces at me right now. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone in the video call just went, "Eh." (laughs) 
I'm not skeptical. No, I, I think I think we just went through the history of the entire meta of the yeah. Vagabond from start to finish. We've encapsulated all of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We didn't miss anything. I know that for sure. <laughs> we've, we've pretty much hit everything on our little list here. We didn't really yeah. rank the Vagabond characters, but I don't know if that's what we you guys wanted to. to do in your show either. I would love to do that on our. I, I, I would love to bring smarter people than us onto our show only so that they can talk about stupid things and not offer any listicle. <laughs> tangible advice. Just yeah. listicle. I'm trying to break into that listicle game because that's a good game. I've been noticing that's doing well on the internet. Every vagabond ranked. <laughs> that's what I want. Well, I do want to just extend a thank you to Matt and Hunter, first of all, for coming on the show, second of all, for making your show and thus oh, teaching thanks. us Twilight Imperium through our. Our ears um yeah. and in laying the groundwork for people to make a podcast about one specific board game didn't it's know really it could fun, happen isn't it didn't you it's like weird once you do it and you're like actually this rules and is is super fun to who do needs to play other games to right why do you need <laughs> other games in your no. life i don't i don't know why people keep save, doing that you save money it's like a money saving <laughs> yeah. deal yeah by one game and you play it till the wheels come off you play <laughs> it till you basically hate podcast. it yeah no right. i totally agree i think the <laughs> Just sticking to the one game that is the best is the the way to go for yes. sure. So much easier. That yeah. being said, when both of when we've exhausted both of these games beyond beyond, right? We just yeah. got to come together for a big cosmic encounter podcast. I'm down. That's my I, you, big request. I was hoping yeah. you were gonna say that, and you don't know how down I am to <laughs> a cosmic encounter. Show. No, no, really though. I've we been really, talking about it. Yeah, oh, really? we really oh. should all quit what we're because root is. I mean, how long is it gonna last? Come on, like, let's be real. Twilight Imperium, <laughs> obviously it's lasted a long time. We'll probably get some more out of it, but it's almost done. Yeah. Cosmic? It'll go ends. on forever. Endless. Yeah. It'll yeah. never stop. Infinite. It'll be like, okay, we're going to talk about this one, you know, this faction this way, this yeah. time. Like, yeah. yeah. Don't even get me started about matchups. Like, <laughs> yeah. real, it is truly bananas. Dude, can't wait. <laughs> yeah. It's a content extra extravaganza yeah. for Cosmic. <laughs> We should just call the show should be called Content Encounter. That's what I was Whoa! <laughs> Write it down. All right, we have to cut this because people will steal that. Yeah. <laughs> let them. No, they won't be. Let they them won't try. Be yeah. <laughs> well, we want to thank you all for having us on. Um, this oh, totally. Was a, this was a blast. I've been wanting to do it anyways, just because I want. I like talking about board games with you guys, and yeah. it's fun. And we need to play. Yeah, we should play together. a board game sometime. Maybe, Let's maybe even yeah. uh, root. Well, we only play two board games, so <laughs> we're either coming to your house or you're coming to our house. All right, that's how it works. Yeah, we should not play Cosmic Encounter, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 No, that's, that's, you're right. The stream that's no really one asked do. for. The two shows about other board games came together <laughs> to play a third different board game. Seriously, oh Content Encounter. That is gonna. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. All right, gents, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, let's end it with the prayer we always end it with. I love the asynchronous route that happens. Yeah. <laughs> the music usually covers it enough. Up. Yeah, I yeah. fantasize about one day we'll, we'll be in person for the first time when we record <laughs> and this, and our roots will be synced up. <laughs> yeah. I was telling Hunter before this that I, I we're gonna do the root chant, I'm sure, and I wish it was better in sync because I wanted you guys to start it, and then I was gonna go. 
Get up and eat cotton nacho. I've been there a long time. Where did you go? Where did you come from, cotton nacho? And I wanted to force. Uh, I wanted to force a uh, a music strike on you. I can't believe I laughed at that you. again. You like already told me that bit, and I laughed a, a bunch. That song's never not funny. Really, yeah. yeah. literally, yeah, there's dude. a movie based on the idea that that song is funny. That's uh, true. So. And it's the best movie ever made. The, that's that what movie? I would just do for stand-up. I'd just, just do Cotton Eye Joe. Just sing that song. <laughs> they carried me out. They were like, this is hilarious. That's so it's funny. just like 45 seconds of silence, and then Hunter begins Cotton Eye Joe. I feel like Andy Kaufman almost did that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>